A big thank you to our partner, Microsoft Windows 11, the official operating system of the NFL and exclusive sponsor of the Los Angeles Chargers. The all new Windows 11 is here to bring you closer to what you love, like the Los Angeles Chargers Final Drive podcast. Learn more about all the awesome new features of Windows 11 at windows.com. Welcome in everyone to a special off-season edition of The Final Drive presented by Windows 11. I am Haley Elwood, joined today by fellow team reporter Chris Harey, Gilbert Manzano of the Southern California News Group, and the AP's Joe Reedy to chat a little Chargers, take a little look back at the 2021 season. So guys, we're going to kind of just go around the horn. I'm going to throw some different topics at you, and we're going to start with this. Everyone's MVP was Justin Herbert this season. Make no mistake about it. But who was your biggest difference maker on this Charger squad not named Justin Herbert? Joe, you can kick it off. I would I would say probably Corey Lindsley for the way that he he the offensive line, the way everything meshed this year. I mean, that was a big priority going into the offseason, and I think the offensive line performed very well, especially when you look at the fact that the entire right side wasn't as things went to plan. Um, Brian Bulaga played one half of the season. Ode Abushi went out in the Cleveland game. So the way he was able to, you know, mesh all the new parts and everything, and also I think he, he he's also got a get a little bit of credit too for the uh, development of Rashawn Slater at, at left tackle and everything and, and how that went along building a uh, quick uh, rapport with uh, Justin Herbert and also the fact that you know when you're a new signee and you come in and you have the uh, impact in the community like he did he's here one season and he's the uh, Chargers uh, nominee for NFL man of the year so all in all, a, uh, a very good signing and lived up to being the highest paid center in the league. He was mowing the lawn over there. <laughs> no, I've, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a construction zone at the apartment, so I'm trying to hit mute like every good. time that I'm, I'm not talking. I love that this is going to be a subplot throughout the final drive today. Listen. Construction in Joe's neighborhood. <laughs> This is the thing. Welcome to, uh, where are we? 2022 now we're still doing this on zoom, but Hey, that's, <laughs> it's what we got going on. Um, Lindsley, great answer, Joe, by you, Gil, what about you? Yeah. Uh, Joe took a good one. You know, no, I can't pick Justin Herbert, or Corey Lindsley. So, uh, you know, I'll go with the rookie. I know Joe made some good points about Corey helping out Rashawn Slater, but I thought Rashawn Slater was, was a big addition, uh, rookie left tackle, uh, he, yeah, he wasn't a commander like Corey Lindsay, but he was a stud player protecting uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, those two guys meshed so well in the offensive line, along with Matt Fowler. We'll give Matt Fowler a shout-out as well uh, to allow Justin Herbert to throw over 5,000 yards. So for a rookie to come in that fast, produce that quickly, I still remember, I feel like back in the day ago in training camp where uh, I was standing with Fernando Ramirez and Daniel Popper, and I saw Rashawn Sater go one-on-one with Joey Bosa, and Rashawn did very well. So we knew off the bat that Rashawn's going to be a stud player, and to be a, a second-team All-Pro uh, starting Pro Bowl player, uh, that says enough about how well he played in 2021. For me, you know, it was going to be Lindsley. I think that's a great answer. And, and Slater, obviously, an All-Pro in your in your rookie season is remarkable. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler, though, because the leap that he took this year, 20 total touchdowns, only LT has done that in Chargers history in a single season. He also joined Marshall Falk for, I think, the only – 
two running backs to have eight receiving touchdowns in in, in two seasons. Um, just the, the way that you could depend on him this year. I think he scored in his last eight games. So Austin, to me, I think it's a shame. He was, you talk about six guys in the Pro Bowl, and he's not one of them for the season that he had leading the, the NFL in total touchdowns. Uh, is a shame, but um, I don't think he's too worried about it. Um, and I, I see big things out of him in this Joe Lombardi offense moving forward. I think you brought up a good word right there, and that was the word dependable. And I think that word could be applied to whether it's Eckler, Slater, or Lindsley, that all three of those guys throughout the season were extremely dependable. And when you look at guys like Lindsley and Slater, they were newcomers to this Chargers yeah. team, brand new this last year. And so to make the impact and have the impact that they had, I think says a lot about not only who they are as players, but also as people to just kind of like Joe or Gil, I forget which one of you said it, but like seamlessly mesh right into there and into and onto this team. All right, next up, who was your most improved player in 2021? Gilbert, you can start with this one. Wow, I wish I had more time to think about this one. <laughs> uh, most improved is a good amount of players. And, you know, just because I can't think that fast right now, I'll let Joe have the better one. I'll go off uh, Mike Williams. Uh, you know, he's always been a good player. He's been a clutch player. Uh, some of the plays he makes in the fourth quarter when you need him most, I, they're, they're unreal plays. It's not the first time he's done that uh, this year. But just to be a, a complete all-around wide receiver and, and maybe – you know, Mike Williams has been saying to himself for the last, you know, four or five years, I could do more than be a deep threat. I can do more than just double coverage in the fourth quarter with the game tag. I could do, you know, I could, I could get you a first down near the line of scrimmage. I could do slants, uh, outside kind of stuff. So he showed to be a complete player. And, and I think for me, that's warrants to be a most improved player. Like, yeah, we know what Mike, Mike Williams could do uh, but to kind of show all that, especially at the, his size, six foot four, a big body frame. Usually these guys are kind of red zone targets, uh, you know, touchdown uh, machines, but he 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 kind of played like Keenan Allen out there. He was a first down machine. Uh, he was a yak guy. Uh, he showed some speed out there too. So uh, credit to Joe Lombardi to kind of unleashing that potential on Mike Williams, and now he's uh, due for a big payday in the offseason. Chris, what about you? Man, well, that's a good one, first and foremost. There's a couple guys I was going back and forth with. I'm going to go with Uchenna Nuosu, though, just because of the big plays that he made in the biggest games. And, you know, he started the season a little bit slow, but, but kind of picked up his play, the, the interception against the Chiefs. And in my opinion, I think he was like the best player on the field at times in that week 18 game against the Raiders. So um, it's his first opportunity to, to start on, on the other side of Joey Bosa. And I think he took advantage of it, especially late in the year. And the Chargers are going to have a big decisions to make with, with a lot of free agents. And I think Chenna, fits really nicely with what Brandon Staley likes to do. He said when he was in Chicago, he was uh, watching tape of Nuosu coming out of USC. And I think Uchenna really helped himself, especially late in the year. I think one of the most notable things that Tom Telesco said earlier this week about Chenna was no matter the scheme, he's been a playmaker, but it really did feel like he came into his own this year for sure in this Brandon Staley defense. Joe, what about you? Who is your most improved player for the Chargers in 2021? I'm going to go with Justin Jones, sticking with the defense and, you know, guys who can expect big paydays going into this offseason. You know, when we looked at the defensive line, we were wondering who could step in when uh, Mel during the Melvin Ingram departure, and I think Justin more than more than anybody kind of helped with the depth of and everything and also with a couple key plays certainly had one in that uh, opener against Washington 
and really uh, upped his play throughout the season. So this 2018 draft class, you know, Derwin certainly gives it the star power in, in the grade for how well it does. But I think a lot of those 2018 picks, you know, really accounted for himself this year. And it'll be interesting going into free agency, um, how many they're able to retain. I think I didn't really answer that first question, but I'm going to take a stab at this one. And I'm going to mention another 2018 guy. And that was Kaiser white. And it's hard. I don't know if improved is necessarily the right word I would use with him because he has dealt with injuries throughout his chargers career, but this season, it really did feel like, you know, you talk about Chenna coming into his own. It really felt like Kaiser came into his own, especially when linebacker has been one of these positions. And over the last couple of years with these chargers teams that we haven't really seen the production there, but production, it was like all caps with him this year. I mean, he was so close to 150 tackles. He was doing things that chargers linebackers hadn't done. I think since Donnie Edwards played back in the mid two thousand. So I would add him to that list. You're right though. That 2018 class Derwin sees the credit a lot of the time, but there are a lot of that class really, really has come into its own in terms of just production availability and maximizing their potential within this new scheme too. I'm glad you said that, Haley, because it was either Kaiser or Uchenna for me. And, and the the fact that Kai, I mean, in training camp, guys, you saw how like big Kaiser looked. Like he he really did transform his body, and he ended up being the most dependable linebacker in the group from from start to finish. So I was I, I I'm glad you mentioned him because I I think he deserves a little love too. Yeah, we'll give we'll throw him some love there. We'll give him some love. All right, next question. What were your impressions of Brandon Staley? This was a guy who obviously came in meteoric rise had been described, uh, had been the phrase to really describe his ascension into this league and into this chargers role first year as a head coach now under his belt, Chris, what'd you think of him and what he was able to do with this team? You know, I think that just the, the culture and, and what he said he wanted to set out to do at the beginning in that first press conference, I think in large part, he achieves, um, it's hard when you fall short of the playoffs. And, and I think everybody was expecting this team to get into the postseason. But I did think that, that Staley laid a foundation for how he wants to play football and the, the culture he wants inside the building, uh, the, the relationship building with the, the players, the coaches, kind of getting everybody on the same page. Um, the, the philosophy of telling the defense what the offense is going to do that week and, and making sure everybody has that buy-in. So I think a foundation was laid for this uh, Chargers uh, team. And this is the year where you must capitalize on that and, and get to the postseason and, and everything that you built in 2021, hopefully bears fruit in 22. Joe, what about you? I think the biggest thing everybody talks about with the head coach is they want consistency in message and delivery. And that's the one thing that has always struck me about Brandon. You may disagree with him, especially late in the season on some of those fourth down calls. And that's been brought up for debate and stuff. But you can legitimately say you could you can legitimately say Here's the reason why he did it, and also go back to times earlier in the season when he did. And I think Tom touched on that also when he had his season-ending thing with us. That you know they they have an ag- they have an aggressive mindset mentality. That's what they're known for now. 
And even Brandon said when things were going well earlier in the season with the 8-for-8, with the offense on fourth downs, there's going to be times when it doesn't work out, and he knows that, and and he doesn't shy away from that. So I think consistency and message, you know, is the biggest thing for fans and players for us. You know, he's a great quote. Now, he might might go three to five minutes at times explaining things, and he can he can relive a John Carroll Mount Union game from 2015 down to down to every play by play. But you know, they they've got you've got your young quarterback, and you've got a young head coach now to marry with that as an identity for this franchise, which I think are or key bedrocks going forward. Gil, before you pop in, I'm just going to add, because when you talked about sort of consistency and messaging, I'm going to throw in another word, and that's conviction. And I think Brandon Staley, that word to me, he has stood by whatever it was, any decision that he made, and you mentioned it, whether it was the late decisions or the decisions later in the year, going back to the ones at the beginning, you know where he stands, you know where this Chargers team stands. And after hearing, like you said it, Joe, from Tom this week, you know where they're going to go moving forward. And make no mistake, this is the identity of the this new era of Chargers football that was certainly ushered in last year and is now going to build be built upon in 2022. But Gil, your turn. You're up. What about you? Yeah, no, Haley, I like conviction, Joe. I like uh, being consistent because I'll just phrase it a different way, uh, sticking to his guns. I, I feel like he's kind of gone through this transformation where, like, he came off as a motivational speaker. He was saying the right things. People love hearing what he's preaching, uh, his philosophy on running the football, uh, sacks, and stuff like that, things about football. But then when the when the fourth downs weren't working, people started kind of turning on, on Brandon Staley. He was kind of the bad guy out of nowhere. He became the Ted Lasso guy to, like, who's this guy trying to change football way too fast for me? I don't, I don't like this right now. Uh, so he was consistent with that. He said he's going to be aggressive on fourth down. Uh, he didn't really waver from that. Uh, and the thing about with Brandon, it's not just about math and numbers and a- analytics. It's about gut feeling. And you pay your head coach to kind of get a feel for the game. And you see Justin Herbert out there, number 10, throwing 5,000 yards uh, for the season. You're going to go for it more often than not because you have that guy on your team. And we saw in Las Vegas what he did on fourth down. I still can't believe what he was doing on that on that final drive and uh, towards regulation to get fourth down after fourth down. So... Uh, being consistent, uh, the thing you kind of heard about Brandon Staley was like, yeah, it sounds like the things that people want to hear, he's saying them, but he's not trying to, you know, make you happy by hearing what you want to hear. Uh, and that was kind of true throughout the whole year because there was things that people didn't like and he was still going off his belief and his philosophy. So uh, for me, that stood out was kind of a transformation from the the, the new uh, cool head coach that people like to kind of like, who's this guy trying to shake up football that's kind of, you know, uh, I don't like this too much. So for me, that was kind of the thing that stood out for me. Well, and then when you mentioned sort of that gut feeling, right, and and separating it from the numbers and the analytics and the math, he also talked a lot this season about building relationships with guys on this team and within the coaches, too, on his staff and the front office members. And I think any presser that we all listen to, the countless ones that happened this year, when you heard from players talk about sort of the collaboration that would happen with him and other coaches and within the players as well, I thought that was really notable to sort of breed that collaboration. I remember him talking about, you know, talking to different guys about what plays they thought would work well against certain teams and making sure everyone felt really comfortable going into games. And, you know, Chris, you mentioned the foundation word, you set that foundation now and you only build upon it and hopefully you only grow from it too, as this team moves on. 
no question about it. And I think, I think I, I mean, I obviously I agree with everybody here and it, it's just makes it that much more important to, to capitalize on the successes that you did have this year, because Kansas city isn't going away. Buffalo isn't going away. You have to find ways to, to beat those teams and uh, win in the division. Absolutely. All right. Final question. Going to end on a fun note here. What was your favorite game or play? We'll open it up to interpretation of the 2021 season for the Los Angeles Chargers. Gilbert, take it away. Put him in the spot. The tough questions, Haley. I know, uh, sir. So sorry. You know, but I, you know, I guess I won't go. You know, so can I change? Like, could it be play a different play from a different game? And my favorite game is that. Is that okay to change? Us? You could pick one or the other or both, whatever you want to do. Okay. All right, I'm just I'm just stalling as I can think about what what to say. Get free uh, rain here, Gil. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know I won't go with the easy one because yes, the, the game in Las Vegas was was amazing. Uh, there there's a lot of good games, but you know I guess I will go with the Steelers one on, on Sunday Night yeah. Football just to kind of switch it up. You know it seemed like the Chargers had that game. You know uh, you know with a double digit lead and well into the fourth quarter, and then out of nowhere the Steelers are making a run. Uh, Cam Hayward catches a, an interception off, off a ball that bounced off his helmet. Or I think it was somebody else from the Steelers, but it was just chaos in, in that fourth quarter. And you start thinking, well, it's the same old Chargers. They're gonna blow a lead again on uh, primetime football. People are gonna just make the jokes like they always make. And then I don't know where Justin Herbert finds Mike Williams for that bomb uh, touchdown to kind of win the game. And and, th- and Mike Williams and Justin Herbert have plenty of plenty of those kind of go ahead touchdowns, game winning plays. So uh, that alone kind of shows you that, that this team has kind of turned the corner corner in terms of one score games and uh, and and kind of pulling out the the close ones. Hopefully. Uh, for the beat reporters, there's no more uh, close games next year because uh, when it's a blowout, uh, it's easier for us for us writers. But uh, in, in terms of the play, I'm going to go easy. I, I just can't get over the play. Uh, Justin Herbert and Jalen Guyton, 59 yards touchdown uh, against the Giants because just the way it developed. And for me to kind of, I got the full view in the press box. I saw, you know, Jalen Guyton, you know, trying to find that ball, trying to track it from uh, his right shoulder uh, to his left. He, and I'm thinking he's not going to, you know, turn around in time to catch his ball. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, Herbert takes a big hit. Uh, and you're like, how does this guy just unleash a bomb that that far and, and a pretty ball that at the same time after taking a hit? So uh, for me, I think that's one of those moments where like, wow, th- this Justin Herbert kid keeps getting better. Uh, and that arm strength, I don't think anybody can match it. Maybe a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, but I don't know right now. I think you bring up a good point, too, on that play because Herbert obviously gets a lot of credit, and deservedly so, but for Guyton to make the adjustments to end up tracking and finding it, too, it was just as good of a catch, I think, and the effort that he put on his part as it was the throw from Herbert. All right, let's go to Chris. You know, Haley, you were sitting next to me in the press box, and it's not like this play was anything like, like, wow. But it was third quarter of Browns Chargers, and the team is down 14 points, and they're going for it on fourth and two. And if they don't get it, they're going to lose that game to the Browns, right? Yeah. I think it was like an Austin Eckler rush that that converted. They eventually scored, and then we had a 41-point fourth quarter 47 42 chargers beat the browns so i think that play is almost kind of like a microcosm of of the way this team played and i think joe brought up a good point like some of the fourth downs that were questioned at the end of the year in that same breath you also have to mention the fourth downs against cleveland and philadelphia that that won them games um especially that went down to the wire so i i just i felt like that week five game 
was so entertaining. Cleveland was was good at the beginning of the year. They had Nick Chubb rolling, and uh, it was just fun to see Justin Herbert kind of bounce back and go toe for toe with that that Cleveland offense. But I, I just that one play for some reason just sticks out to me because everyone's looking like if they don't get this, this game's over in the middle of the third. And like Gil said, he could write his story and be done and go home, you know, but that's not what happened. <laughs> it's not what happened, but I will say those two games specifically, and, and you can lump the Vegas game into that too. I thought we had sort of been through this sort of exhausting, like, Whoa, holy cow games that this team happened. And then the Vegas one happened obviously at the end of the year, but those games were nuts. That, that Browns game, uh, Chris, I remember saying this to you when we did the final drive after that game. We, You felt like every single week leading up to that game, you were going to get the shootout. It was going to happen in Dallas. It was going to happen in Kansas City, yeah. and it didn't happen. And then it just cracked open in that Browns game. And who knew, right, at the time? But that was certainly a really, really remarkable one. I bet Joe Reedy knew. Joe should have known. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this seamless transition into Joe's, uh, Joe's uh, either favorite game or play here. Well, I mean, we have games that I kind of called, and and I'll edit it since this is a family podcast, Bat Crap Crazy. Yeah. Um, we had three of those. We had three of those fourth quarters this year. I mean, we had Cleveland, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, and then the last draft of the Raiders. That nineteen play drive that I think we all joked that could go to Stairway to Heaven or um, <laughs> Freebird, uh, Freebird, or you know the Chariots of Fire theme with 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 how long it took until you, until you got the final result. But uh, play of the year, I'm going to go back to game one. Um, Chargers just had their second red zone turnover on a Justin Herbert interception. Ball was at the Washington four. First play, Kaiser White forces the fumble. Fackrell recovers, and they get the uh, and they get the go ahead touchdown. I'll go. I I go to that because I think that kind of set the mentality for the rest of the season that, you know, with the, with the fourth quarter defeats and key turnovers the last couple years, you could have done the, here we go again. And the fact that the defense picked up the offense and then the offense converted, um, I, I think was huge and in a good, in a good mentality going into the year. Um, as far as games that, that, to me, that Pittsburgh game still, um, that fourth quarter, the uh, combat, you know, the way both sides were going, Austin Eckler's uh, four TD game, and then just that beautiful throw from Justin to Mike Williams and the uh, the turkey hole shot. Um, it really, um, really was impressive, and especially with what Justin does in primetime games, too. Yeah, it's I mean, we obviously see Justin Herbert every week, almost every day of every week. And we're all very, very well aware of what it is that he's capable of doing. But when he gets on the national stage and the rest of the country gets to see it, it's truly, truly special. I I was going to pick the Pittsburgh game, and I honestly thought that was going to be like the dark horse contender, but (laughs) apparently not. But uh, you guys all took it away from me. And then I think, Joe, I'm going to kind of mention for play and, and favorite might not be the right word I'd use, but, but most notable, 
I think sort of plays off of what you said. And that was Uchenna's interception in that Thursday night game against the chiefs, which then led to an offensive touchdown and, and got the chargers back in that game. And I just think, you know, those, there's so much of this team this season talked about playing complementary football in terms of all units working together. And when the defense needed a lift, the offense gave it to them and vice versa. And that was sort of that instance too, of being able, I, I really feel like in hearing from all these players this year, they really have this mindset of, Hey, we're going to go get it done for those guys who are sitting over there on the bench. And you saw that at multiple times this season. Surprised nobody mentioned the uh, road Kansas city game week three. Um, there's that too fourth, many of them. It's that fourth right. quarter comeback and everything. Yeah. I mean, that, that 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 was an impressive drive too. Late uh, the Mike Williams TD and then the uh, Gilman interception that kind of that kind of set up things really early in the season. Mm-hmm. We had a couple situations where the defense getting key turnovers, and I think that was a big deficiency of this team the past couple years getting turnovers to you know, set this team, set the offense up for success. And I think really early in the season, we we saw that a lot, especially in those early wins. Well, and I'll, I'll throw this out too, and it may not have been the sexiest drive necessarily of the season, but that final drive in the Eagles game too, where the offense held onto the ball for over just over six minutes or so to get into field goal range for Dustin Hopkins to kick the game winner. That was a situation you talk a lot. We've talked a lot about maybe Chargers teams of years past, maybe not being able to hold on to the ball for that long, get at some point be forced to punt, but they got it done and ended up getting the win based off a drive like that. Can I throw in one more, Haley? Sure. Uh, just I know it wasn't the, like the like the prettiest game, but just to dominate the Bengals in Cincinnati when mm-hmm. people thought the Chargers were kind of out of it in that point. And to see the Bengals doing so well for the Chargers to uh, you know, jump really quick on them and then have the Herbert uh, two-point catch there uh, was pretty nice as well. Yeah, and I'll end it here. Chris Rumpf, I spoke with him earlier this week, and that was the game where he was able to get his first NFL career sack. And he actually said that was his favorite game of the season. And, and I'll leave it at this. He said uh, the bus ride home, the plane ride home was quite fun. They had a lot of fun on that one coming back from uh, from Cincinnati. <laughs> So thank you all for joining us. For Joe Reedy, Gilbert Manzano, Chris Harry, I'm Haley Elwood, and this has been the final drive presented by Windows 11. <laughs>